Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is 105 at Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you along with Cam Moon from the Oilers Radio Network. Brandon Escott as well. Second hour of Oilers now for World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation. Well, uh, once a week, uh, we are going to have a conversation with a member of the Edmonton Oilers alumni, and that is brought to you by Contract Equipment Limited. And we are going to head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino uh, hotline at this time and go to our Oilers Now headliner for today's show for Will Hawk Beef Jerky. Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We welcome back to the show a five-time Stanley Cup champion as a member of the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club. Uh, He won multiple national championships at the University of Alberta Golden Bears. He's a doctor, and he's also helping. uh, He's part of the team that has got a very... Uh, by all reports, a very successful product going on with the Edmonton Riverhawks. We welcome back to the show Dr. Randy Gregg. Hello, Dr. Gregg. It's Bob Stoffer. How are you doing? Hi, Bob and Kim. Yeah, great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, tell me about... Uh, I, I know we had you on uh, when you guys did the announcement. Uh, Steve Hogle, who technically I reported to for about a year and a half, two years when he worked with, it, at that time, uh, Rexall Sports, uh, you know, Steve set it up, and we had you on, and it was in its sort of embryonic stages of development with this vision that you guys had for the River Hawks. And uh, I'm getting a lot of positive feedback. Uh, several of our advertisers have reached out to me and said, "Bob, these guys do a real good job on the service side and that sort of thing." So, how's it going for you guys with the River Hawks right now, uh, Randy? Yeah, you know, Bob, it's really a labor of love. Uh, you know, a long time ago when I was playing with the Golden Bears, I was playing left field with the Edmonton Tigers, and, and baseball was actually my sport. I was a much better baseball player and a hockey player. Unfortunately, to play baseball, you had to go to the United States for a scholarship, and I was in medical school at the time, so I thought that might not work very well. So uh, I thought, well, I'll stick with hockey and see how that goes. Uh, but, you know, baseball is a wonderful sport for people that have played it or watch it. It's a very strategic game. And, uh, you know, the good thing is is we're, we're not all Major League Baseball players, but when you get a summer collegiate ball player that, that comes up here, either from, from Edmonton playing in Division One school or some Americans coming up, you know, they really, really want to get better. They put on a, a great, enthusiastic uh, uh, program. 
And then we have somebody like Steve Hogle, who's just been a master of the game day presentation. You know, we kind of think that there's probably 1,500 people in Edmonton like me that would sit in the washroom and watch baseball. And there's 960,000 people who want to be entertained. And so he's done a, a really wonderful job of entertaining uh, people. And yet we're still seeing a lot of uh, young ball players really trying to become the best they can be and hopefully playing uh, Major League Baseball someday. Randy, I, I know it's just year two. And it's everything about recruiting and getting players to come to your program. Now that it is year two and some players have come to Edmonton and have played and I'm guessing have had a very positive experience, how much easier is it now, even in just the second year, to recruit players south of the border? Yeah, really good point. And certainly it's a lot easier, but we've got lots of lots of time to work on this. We realize uh, teams like Corvallis have been in the league for 10 or 15 years, but I think every year is going to be important. Uh, Cam, a couple of comments that were kind of interesting. Corvallis, who play out of Oregon State University, have won the last four years. Uh, they had an exit survey with their players last year and said, if you don't come back to play with Corvallis, uh, what team in uh, the West Coast League would you like to play for? And 25 of 30 said the, uh, the Avenue River Hawks. So, so that, I think, is not only telling us that our players are having fun here and they enjoy that facility, they love the upgrades, but also the opposing team realizes that we really do have something special here in Edmonton. Uh, the other thing, we went to the owners' meetings afterwards, and the Victoria Harbor Cats have been in the league for about a year. And uh, I said to the owner, I said, you know, we're just coming to learn more and more from you folks. And he said, no, no, Randy. He said, after one year, you have the best franchise in the history of the West Coast League. So now we've got a big city. We've got fantastic fans. We've got a field that is second to none uh, in Western Canada and the Western U.S. So we're, we're pretty happy with the way things are going. Uh, we're joined by Dr. Randy Gregg, who's uh, heavily involved with the uh, Edmonton Riverhawks. Bob Stauffer, Cam Moon with you on Oilers now. Uh, Randy is our headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. So, Randy, I, I grew up, I'm, I'm a little bit younger than you, and uh, for me, the 75 World Series, I was a, a Red Sox fan, and uh, Yastrzemski was sort of at the tail end, and that was the time that Fred Lynn and Jim Rice sort of emerged as stars. And ba- So I, I, I have a little bit of the passion for it, uh, but it's always been, and I, I was just wondering, like, did you have a couple uh, idols? You said baseball was your sport. Did you have a couple players that were your guys back in the day? Yeah, you know, I hate to say it because I'm not a real uh, – I'm, I'm a big Canadian, not necessarily an uh, American. My father was a New York Yankee fan, and so I remember growing up listening to the Yankees, watching them. Mickey Mantle, uh, I'm not sure he was the, the greatest person in the world, but he was a fantastic athlete. So Mickey Mantle growing up was my idol. Um, I'm sure if I met him, maybe that would change a little bit. But, you know, his enthusiasm, his power, uh, the, the effort that he put to, to become the best he could be was something. So, you know, the young players in Edmonton, they can look up to a lot of our hockey players in the same way. You know, a, a great motivation good athletes and working as hard as they can to be the best they can be. So let me ask you this. So when Rick Lawlisher had the uh, the baseball team here, towards the tail end, it became blatantly apparent because of the difference between the Canadian and the American dollar that it was going to be, despite the fact that you got a great park to play in, uh, it was going to be an issue. Uh, in terms of staying in with the PCL and ultimately the franchise, I, I believe was sold to Nolan Ryan and Round Rock. Um, how much of a challenge is it? Because you do, how many, what's the percentage, like what's the breakdown of Canadian teams versus American teams in your league? Yeah, so you know, we, we took over a facility that really is a fantastic facility and was really let down. Uh, the asphalt underneath the artificial turf, as you can imagine, in 1995, 
and put asphalt down and then cover it with turf. Well, you know what asphalt does in your backyard. Certainly the same thing here. So it was a safety concern. A two and a half million dollars was put in to make this facility uh, to the level that I think Edmontonians appreciate. Certainly the players love it. Um, they uh, they can't wait to, to come and play at the facility. We give our young players fobs if they want to come in at midnight to work out. They can do that. And I think if, if I was a young player, I'd love that opportunity to become the best I can be. Um, these are young uh, summer collegiate players. And in fact, when we it usually takes about three years to get a franchise in the West Coast League, it took us three months. And I think that's a credit not only to the city, to our fans, to the facility, but also the ownership group we have. We're all Edmontonians. Um, you know, we don't need a lot more money. What we want is we want a better community. And I think that, uh, you know, of course, the, the team has to uh, sustain itself financially. But to really, we just love the fact these young uh, Edmonton kids coming and watching and getting role models here on the field. So there's a lot more um, importance to, to make our community better. And I think that's happening with these, these young ballplayers. And the Riverhawks are, are part of it. And, Randy, there's also the Edmonton Collegiate Program that uh, the Riverhawks have have brought uh, almost back, I guess, because it was around for a while, a little bit before, in the Canadian Collegiate League. They play in the spring, they play in the fall for uh, for students that are going to University of Alberta or Grant McEwen or to uh, to Nate that want to continue playing baseball. How, uh, how has that been as far as getting that program going and, and also keeping the facility busy well it's been a fantastic addition actually and we're really proud of that you know when i was uh oh probably 17 i was playing juvenile a hockey here in edmonton and if somebody had said well he's never going to go anywhere he's playing juvenile hockey probably wouldn't have played a lot of hockey in my future so these are great young gentlemen who are academically orientated so they're going to grant McEwen or university of alberta concordia uh, and they just love baseball. Now, at this stage in their career, they may not be good enough to get a scholarship at a Division One school down in the States, but they still have that passion. And they're your neighbors and my neighbors. So, again, we give them that same fob. They come down here. It's not unusual to see them coming in at 11 o'clock at night, working out in the weight room, having some fun. And, you know, it's really uh, energizing to see these young fellows get a chance to play the sport that they love at the level that they're able to. Uh, but what we're seeing, of course, is giving them that opportunity to work out and also showing them the level that the River Rocks play at. You know, this is the bar that, that we want to set and we want to see you uh, strive to become the best you can be. So if we started out with 22, this year we're 35, next year we'll have about 60. And, uh, you know, in the past, this facility has been used for about 27 games and then shuttered. Uh, we want it to be used you know, every night we, we've had a bar misfra, we had the Harry Inley graduation, uh, we have a Blues Fest coming here, uh, we have uh, a, the Sport and Social Club slow pitch. You know, this is a community facility. Uh, they deserve to use it as much as we do. And so, although administratively it takes a little more time, that's what we're trying to do here at Remax Field. The 1984 Harry Inley graduation. Uh, was the night you won the first Stanley Cup as a member of the Edmonton Oilers, and that's uh, Dr. Andy Gregg joining us right now. Our trip down uh, Oilers Low brought to you by uh, Contract Equipment Limited Canada's premium heavy equipment dealer with rental and sales. All right, Randy, uh, you've talked. You know, we've talked a bit about the baseball. You said it's your first love. Do you still keep an eye on the Edmonton Oilers, a team that you won five Stanley Cup championships with? Well, you know, certainly I think everybody in Edmonton keeps an eye on it. You know, what a, an amazing team that they have some of those players really are generational players so you know who wouldn't love to watch dry or mcdavid and and see how great they are i mean i remember 
having a similar fellow Wayne Gretzky on the ice and even in practice occasionally he'd do something and you look in his eyes and he said and you could tell he was kind of thinking how did I do that you know we really were so fortunate to be part of the dynasty that Wayne and Mark Nassie and people like that did and we're starting to see the same thing with our, our players uh, but you know as if you remember in 1983 we went to the first Stanley Cup and we got soundly beaten by a much better team the New York Islanders we had some very very good players and then so-so players like myself uh, but what we did learn from that loss is you, you have to learn how to lose to learn how to win and then the next year our focus was on uh, team uh, you know strategy uh, defensive planner on end and, and all of a sudden we saw these great scores come down into our end every now and then and of course you know when you get out of your own end that means you've got lots of offensive opportunities so um, you know I can see that I think there's a development uh, plan I, I really I don't know the, the coach but he seems like a really fine person who's going to get the most out of these young players and uh, and management is filling some holes you know uh, Glenn Sather uh, needed an old tall slow defenseman and so I was in Tokyo and after the first Olympics and I get a call from Glenn saying you know what are you going to do when you come back to Edmonton so he went all the way to Tokyo to fill a spot he wasn't he didn't need another Paul Coffey shoot we had Paul Coffey you need somebody who could maybe get the puck up to the Messiers and the Gretzkys. So I, I can see that same sort of philosophy here with the Oilers. And But, you know, 32 teams want to win the Stanley Cup's not easy. Yeah, it is, it is a slightly different time. Uh, I want to talk about a guy being ahead of his time. Uh, I've never been a believer in uh, breaking people down and building them up. Uh, I don't think that works for coaching. Uh, you had the privilege to uh, be coached by Claire Drake at the U of A. I caught the tail end of Claire and then uh, Billy Morris, who was sort of a, a Claire disciple when I started uh, my broadcasting career. And believe me, Randy, I was an undisciplined at time, very dumb, young, twenty, early 20-something kid. Learned some tough lessons along the way. But could you maybe educate our listeners, since you played for Claire, maybe just how much ahead of his time he was. We talk about the technical stuff, the way he killed penalties, all like, but ahead of his time in terms of how he treated you guys like men and the, the respect that he fostered in the relationship and the fact that he didn't play power games in a time in which in pro hockey a lot of people did. You know, I think when you look at not only the experience that many of us had with Claire Drake, but also the success and failure of other coaches, you know, we see it how many times in the NHL that a, a demanding uh aggressive coach will win one Stanley Cup and the next year he's gone because that just doesn't last. You know, you can intimidate men and you can certainly intimidate younger people for a period of time and then all of a sudden there's a backlash. Much, much more successfully, and I look at my experience with Pat Quinn, I did spend a year in Vancouver, and with Pat Quinn, you wanted to win not only because you wanted to win, but you wanted to win for him. And that reminded me of the time back with, uh, with Claire Drake when you respected him so much that you would do anything. Now, of course, he was a visionary and he knew the game inside and out. His whole life was focused on becoming uh, becoming the best team possible. But without leadership, I, I can't remember a time that Frederick ever raised his voice. Uh, he didn't have to. Uh, in fact, one of uh, the players that was a fifth-year player when I was a first-year player, Oliver Stewart, you might remember him. Yep. Well, Ollie was a bit of a rabble-rouser. And uh, Ollie used to say that when he was going down uh, – a hallway at the university and Claire was coming the other way. He used to turn, go around outside the facility just so he didn't have to look Claire Drake in the eye. He had so much respect for him. Maybe a little intimidated too because Oliver got in trouble every now and then. But that's the sort of 
attitude that people have when you have a great leader and i, I can see that in the in the oiler coach right now he, he's not in the face he's he's consistent uh, i think he's a great leader for these young fellows and and i i hope he stays long term your time at the university of alberta randy how important was that to for for your development I, Bob and I go to as many games as we can. We know how good the hockey is, and we see players that, uh, after they're done, go on to minor pro careers, and, and the odd one will make it to the National Hockey League. But for you, how important was it, that time that you spent there? Well, it was a character builder. You know, I, I told somebody a, a little while ago that uh, in my third year, I was I was in uh, a student intern, third year medical school, and so I was on a surgical rotation. Of course, the, the Golden Bears would play Friday and Saturday night, so I'd be on call Thursday. Of course, in surgery, you're up all night at the university hospital. So I'd start in the OR at 7 a.m. on Thursday, go right till 5. At 5 until the next morning, I would be up, you know, uh, helping the wards. And then at 7, I'd go back to the OR until 5 o'clock on Friday. Anyway, I'd go home. My mother would have my pregame meal ready. I'd eat the meal quickly and say, Mom, I'm just going to lie down for a pregame meal. Wake me up in three minutes. <laughs> so you woke up in three minutes. I'd probably be dead if I did that now. But you woke up, you went and played as hard as you could. Uh, but what it does, it shows you that if you want to become uh, as good as you can be, there's sacrifices. You know, you have to work hard at it. Uh, in the Oilers, of course, you had your two-hour nap, you had massage, you had this and that. But I think I look back at those university days when I got paid nothing. Uh, the sacrifices to combine academics and athletics uh, were significant. But I think it molds a person into... Um, you know, nobody's going to work harder than us. We may not be the smartest people in the world, but in medicine, of course, uh, it's impossible to know everything. But I can safely say that my patients may or may not like me, but uh, they're not going to get less than 100% from me. Uh, Dr. Gray, do they still make the, uh, you know, the medical students do 30, what, what is it, 36 hours straight? Did they no, not use, no, no, they've not stopped, all, think... they've stopped doing that now? And well, you know, and not only is it awful for the for the students, but it's it's also a bit of a liability. I mean, you're in the OR falling asleep because you've been up for 36 hours. Yeah, after a night on call, they have the day off, which is okay. it's palatable, it's humane, and I think it's better for the patients as well as the medical students. Now, the rationale from this back in the day was for purposes of prepping doctors for the war. Was that right? Was that sort of the, the logistics behind it? Do you, do you know why they did well, you know, I, I think they, the students and the interns, they, they gave a good service. I mean, the, the surgeons would spend a lot of time and work very hard during the day. They had to have some time off, so somebody had to cover. So, you know, I think it's also a commitment. Um, yeah. you know, people say, oh, I, I didn't make the NHL. Well, maybe you're not good enough, but maybe you just didn't work as hard as you could to get there. I mean, we all remember that people like Marty McSorley, who was not a skilled hockey player, but played how many years in the NHL, got how many Stanley Cups. But Marty had a saying. I used to bring him over to supper. He refused to be anything but the last guy off the ice every practice. So we used to joke, in fact. We used to go out there and just kind of skate around. Marty would wait. We'd skate around a little bit more, Marty would wait. But it was his, his commitment to say, I'm not going to be as good as these players, but nobody's going to try harder. So I think that that's maybe a, a good analogy of the interns that, uh, you know, you put in your time, you get used to doing the best you can be for your patients. I personally like the speed, talent, agility, coordination, toughness, character, and discipline to play in the Western League, let alone play in the NHL. So, uh, Dr. Greg, let's do this. Uh, the website for the Edmonton Riverhawks is riverhawksbaseball.com. What's, uh, what sort of percentage of the schedule do you have left this season? How does all that work? Yeah, I think we're about uh, maybe a, a third of the way through. We've got all of July and six games in August. 
Uh, right as we speak, we're playing against the Baseball Alberta team that's going to go to the Nationals. Uh, these are good young fellows from all across Alberta. Uh, it's a good exhibition game for some of our players that uh, don't get as much time, and it's a great experience for these folks to see some good pitching. Uh, this weekend we play against Kelowna, and, uh, you know, these are all really, really good players. Uh, it's exciting baseball. And then you add Steve Vogel's game day presentation. It's a, it's pretty good entertaining for $20. Three Steve Vogel plugs in one uh, segment. He's going to owe me a $20 bill after that. Great stuff, uh, Dr. Greg. Thank you for doing the show. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good day. You bet. That is Randy Gregg, a five-time Stanley Cup champion with the Edmonton Oilers. Yes, he was in medical school while he played hockey. It's amazing. The time management skills that man must have oh. had. Were, I think we just got a sense of that right yeah. now. Um, sure did. There you go. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, yes. What well, you got cooking on? Oh, there. I'm just being sent. Thanks. I just saw something here. Uh, lots going on, to say the least. Uh, that interview with Randy Gick was brought to you in part by Contract Equipment Limited, Canada's premium heavy equipment dealer, rentals and sales. All right, it's 125 in Edmonton. We'll take a quick time out. This is Oilers Now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, uh, Cactus Jack has chimed in. Again, you can text us 780-496-0063. Not very often that the guests are smarter than the host. That one was. <laughs> I'd say it happens quite a bit on this show, actually. I don't know about you, Cam Moon. <laughs> oh, I, when I'm here, it's almost all the time, yes. Uh look. How's your text line over there? Oh, it's uh, Bob. That's why you're a radio host getting moved time slots and not a coach. Well, we've been in the same time slot, just so you know, for the last 12 seasons, which is a fairly lengthy time. But, yes, we are moving to 5 to 7 to afternoon drive. It was announced today. And uh, Chelsea Bird will be 2 to 5. Uh, we will be 5 to 7. Uh, Reed Wilkins will have inside sports 7 to 8. Um and then on Oiler uh, game nights, uh, Reed will host the face-off show 90 minutes prior to each Oilers game. And Oilers now will go for the 90 minutes prior to the start of uh, uh, the face-off show. So uh, there you have it. I have no idea why that individual felt compelled to send that text, but I was kind enough to read it. So there you go. You can text us at 780-496-0063. Uh, again, uh, Bob, love the Dr. Greg seg- segment. Excellent speaker and proud opera, uh, Edmontonian. Thank you for the listen. There you go. He, he is a, I mean, it's quite the story when you think it's about amazing. it. It's amazing. Like, and he said baseball was his sport, but he yes. was in med school, so he couldn't play. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would have been difficult to uh, to pull that off, and yeah. also do, uh, you know, being you know trying to get a scholarship to a U.S. school now, at the same. This time. This was a time that there were more multi-sport athletes. Blake Dermott, who does yes. uh, some work with Brendan Escott yes. on the uh, Elks. Uh, uh, Countdown to kickoff show. Uh, Blake Dermott, at what time? People know this that he played uh, defensive line on the Alberta Golden Bears, was on their 80 Vanier Cup championship team. 
he also played on the Golden Bears hockey team. He was the number seven defenseman on the Golden Bears hockey team, and eventually they said, you got to play football. Could you imagine a six foot four, 245-pound defenseman in 1980? That would have been a huge dude back in the day. And those... Those corners at uh, Claire Drake Arena. That would have hurt. Oh, that wouldn't have been fun. The worst words you could hear were man on because he'd be <laughs> throwing you into the board. John Shannon is going to join us via the phone line when we return after a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn.